Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. What's going on, everybody? We are live with Underground Sports Philadelphia, episode number 186. Kyle Bennett, Matt Castorino, live from Underground Studios. As always, show brought to you by Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21, Wainwright Bernhardt Funeral Home, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Automall, Mark Ronchetti, CPA LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. Lot to get into tonight. Another night without the starting five for the 76ers, and a uh, whole bunch of Eagles news, and much, much more. What's going on, Matt? Just living the dream, you know, every day. Sixers without Josh Richardson tonight, hip flexor injury, so once again, no starting five for your Sixers. Furkan Korkmaz will start in his place. Let's see how this one goes. It is against the Knicks. Um, I was wrong about the Knicks. They're worse than I thought they were going to be. <laughs> I said they might not be the, that bad this year. Probably not going to be like bottom of the conference, quite like they were last season. Kind of easy win, and uh, they've sucked a lot. So hopefully, without a uh, Richardson tonight, it's it's a win and keep it cruising. Because you know, took care of business against Cleveland. I, I think the way to beat the Cavs apparently is just to not play them at home. And we have a much simpler time against them. I don't know what it is when they're in Philly, but they play like ten times better. Um, so keep it uh, rolling against against the Knicks tonight. And I think what's interesting is we have a lot of home games in this like next bit of stretch here. And you know everyone kind of caught up in like the fervor of you know the first like three weeks of the season. That's like you know we had a pretty long West Coast trip against really good playoff teams in that stretch. And now you're gonna get pretty decent stretch of home games here in the next you know like month or so and that's uh that's a good place to find yourself and you hope that uh tonight against the Knicks it's it's a lot like that where you you can beat up on a pretty down team and you know you also get a little bit of that groove and that confidence back which we've seen the Sixers roll against bad teams in the past and sort of uh not just you know pad the records but I think also the confidence of the team and with a, a really new kind of five that, again, we're seeing again tonight, you're not even getting a lot of continuity in that regard. Um, that's important, too. Yeah, and uh, like you said, the home games, the home cooking is here, and the furthest they travel within the next month is just going to Toronto in a couple days. So that's you know a big, a big bonus, especially for guys like Joel Embiid. You don't have to get on a plane. I uh, can kind of just stick around here. Which means no Chick-fil-A for him. This is uh... No Shake Shack, <laughs> yeah. nothing there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this is going to be a nice little stretch for the Sixers to hopefully, you know, take care of business, dominate on your home court. Like we said, the Knicks tonight, and we'll keep you updated uh, throughout the show with any updates there. And then Spurs on Friday, and then Jimmy Butler's return on Saturday. So 
nice little stretch of three games, and it'll be a nice little test with the Friday-Saturday as well, with it being a back-to-back. Um, you know, there's the sky was falling, and I think a lot of people were just premature because they had higher expectations, but it's not even Thanksgiving. I think we're in an okay spot. Things will figure themselves out. Yeah, I think uh, it was a, it was a little overreaction, I think, to, to where we were. And you're going to get that, though, with this fan base. We know that uh, across all the sports, really, it's, uh, it's a quick trigger to go from best team in the world to this team absolutely sucks. Everyone on this team sucks, and here's why. Um, and I think... Uh, I think we saw a little bit of that with with the Sixers, and yeah, I think uh, patience is going to be everyone's best trait over this entire season because it's going to be ugly at the times, sure. And I, I don't think the not sitting here on my soapbox saying this past month has been like, wow, great basketball all around. Like there's been uh, there's been ugly moments in games, but overall, you know, I think it's been generally good, and you know, you have an opportunity now to to really start putting some wins away. And you're going to be at home a lot more, a lot less of that travel, which helps. And hopefully everyone stays healthy. Um, and we can get, again, you know, just, you, I think you look at the whole context here and you'll see that we're missing guys constantly and, you know, going on these long road trips, that, that always is going to uh, make it a little more difficult for you. This team started out really well in the season. I expect to see more of that as, as we kind of move forward. It's not like teams have figured us out like exactly. 10 games in the season. That's not, it's not what's happened here. It's just, uh, I think we're just lacking some continuity. That's really what it comes down to. And uh, a lot of Sixers Twitter and Sixers fans last night were uh, in a bit of a thirst trap for one Carmelo Anthony who signed with the Portland Trailblazers. I still stand firmly yeah, on dude, my soapbox he, that... Uh, went 4 for 14. Looked great. This Sixers team did not need the Carmelo Anthony circus. Yeah, like... People excel themselves on this idea that Carmelo's like good. He's not. He's not. <laughs> I'm just sorry. He's not. It's like I saw. Forget what player was currently playing. Said like it's crazy that Jamal Crawford doesn't have a team right now, yeah. and he he scored 50 last year. It's like yeah, that's cool, but like he can't play. <laughs> like he, I'm sorry. Like he he can't play. Like bottom teams don't want him because they don't really need him. You know. Yeah. You, you could make the veteran case that like ah, oh, you know, it's good to have someone like that around, but it's not like. I don't know, and a, like a competitive team doesn't need someone that, yeah, maybe can score a little. Not even I don't even think he's that great of a scorer, so I'm sorry, um, but is not going to be able to defend. Like you need to be able to play if you're a role player in today's NBA, you need to be be able to play both ways. And like, yeah, I don't have to tell you, Carmelo's never played defense in his career ever. <laughs> so I don't know. He's he's an inefficient scorer that uh, is, has lost a. Pretty significant step athletically. We don't need him on the Sixers. That is like the classic, wow, it'd be great to have Carmelo on this team. Like everyone kind of pining for him, just the name. And then as soon as he gets here, everyone realizes that he is just a hunk of trash mm-hmm. with a jersey on. Like, I'm sorry. Like Carmelo Anthony took 14 shots for 10 points, got blocked three times, had five turnovers, and was a minus 20 in 23 minutes. Don't think uh, that would have done much good for the Sixers team. Plus... He's not a good locker room guy, and I've said that on this show multiple times. He's not a good locker room guy. I know from firsthand experiences and knowing things about Carmelo Anthony, he would not have been a good fit here. It would not have worked, and I'm glad he's not here, so we don't have to worry about it. But uh, keep 
pining for Carmelo Anthony for his, however long your heart desires because it'll never happen. Um, but what did happen, Matt, is that Brett Brown will coach Team Australia in the 2020 Olympics. I don't know about you, but when I saw Woj's tweet, I had a mini heart attack because he did not preface it with anything, yeah. and it said Brett Brown finalizing a deal to become, and I was like, what? But Brett Brown going to coach Australia again for the first time, I believe, since 2012. Yeah, it's pretty cool for him to get uh, an international job. Not bad comment to kind of see, like, uh, current coaches with kind of a contending team do that. You know, we've seen, like, Pop, like, get involved with, like, Team USA and stuff, but I always feel like Team USA, like, you don't, I feel like they need very little coaching. It's like an all-star game for them. In recent years, it's gotten a little more competitive, but, you know, it's a little... it's all come on. And even before then, it was Coach K and yeah, Coach K. You know, Duke still around really too. And you're like, too yeah, coaching the, up. the college season is a little different, and um, you know, he's a lot more. I think he has a little more free time than a NBA coach does. Yeah, it's it's good for Brett. You know, it's I'm sure for him that's a it's a big honor and definitely a big prestige job too. Because I mean, Australia, you know, outside of Team USA, I think Australia has always been kind of a perennial like, you know contender for like the, the silver mm-hmm. and bronze medal type deal and that's that's a big deal and they have good players obviously ben if he decides to ever play for team australia again he's kind of snubbed them a few times now but um they have a good team and i, I think it's going to be interesting and i'm i'm happy for him it's going to be fun to watch brett uh a lot more objectively too you know whereas with the when he's with the sixers i want brett to be as successful as possible whereas when he's australia it's going to be fun to kind of see him in a I don't know, I guess, like, a different light where it's like, all right, yeah, like, I don't really care how this team does. Let's see how Brett does, so that's going to be fun. Now, that brought up my next point when you brought up Ben Simmons was, uh, did Brett take this job and attempt to work with Ben outside of, you know, the realm of the Sixers? It's going to be weird when Ben gets <laughs> traded this year and that's going to coach him still. That's going to be uncomfortable, but, yeah, I think it's um, – it, it could be, you know, I – it, I, it's tough to say. Like he's already had a connection with Ben Simmons as well, so it's not like this is uh, it's not like this is new necessarily, you know. And I feel like it, it, there's always been like a level of comfort there, and that's been like one of the big pros of having Brett is not just been his connection with Ben, but he really does seem to like be able to engage and motivate younger players, which is not I'm sure not easy to do, and he he does seem to do a reasonable job of managing egos, so. Yeah, I think uh, I think it will be all like you could make the case it's ultimately beneficial like for his and Ben's relationship and Ben's feeling about like being in Philly. But um, if it doesn't change Ben's feeling about shooting, then it's ultimately <laughs> irrelevant. Now that has also been the the wide spectrum. You know, you're either on this side or this side once again with Ben Simmons and his shooting. What are we What are we making of this right now? Because quite frankly, sure. Ben has not progressed. It's gotten a bit out of hand. Um, but I think, you know, obviously with anything on the internet, it gets taken to another level. Um, I don't know how I how I feel right now about Ben Simmons and his, his potential future here. There's tons of people talking about trade scenarios with Ben Simmons. I don't know what to make of it. Uh, what, are, what are your thoughts with, with the future of Ben here? I mean, if he doesn't start shooting, I don't, like, I, I I don't know, man. I think, like, he hasn't, he hasn't really grown that much since he's been in the league. I think he's gotten, 
he's I think he's improved his passing ability. Um, like, but th- those are things you expect of like every player as they get in the league to kind of just get you know like uh, an improved basketball uh, IQ. I look at Ben and and his just biggest weaknesses are like have just not been addressed and uh that's an issue <laughs> and like you're also paying this guy max money soon ne- starting next year and it's a, i don't know just just the the lack of uh of change is is worrying and i think upsetting and i get why fans uh kind of rag on him for that and he deserves he deserves to have that criticism you know it's it's not unearned as far as trading him i i just think the biggest roadblock is is one, I don't think the Sixers organization is interested in doing that because they seem to value him. Um, and two, I, like you're just not going to get the kind of value that you want back from him. Um, and, you know, we've seen this a number of times with like high-profile trades of players better than Ben and not getting the pieces that you want back or really even much of anything back. And Kind of saw it last year with Kawhi. Saw it with Kawhi. Yeah, Kawhi was actually one of the better ones because you were at least getting an all-star back for him. Um, you know, like I, th- I think of like the Kyrie trade where you get Isaiah Thomas, who couldn't even play at the time because he was injured, and there's huge question marks about his ability to come back, and there still is, and like a middling lottery pick in a not that great draft, you know. And it's like I'm pretty sure Ben Simmons just hit a three. You're shitting me. <laughs> Uh, he hit a three live on the pod Ben Simmons just hit a three I right, well he said Matt shut the fuck up <laughs> <laughs> wow okay Jesus you know what I've always said that Ben uh, he's improved his game every year he's in the league just like Tobias <laughs> hey you know what as Ryan tweets trade value at an all time high <laughs> Wow. I need to watch that again. That was um unbelievable. Sorry if you hear Mark Zumoff in the back. Apologize to NBC. No, Sports, you don't need to apologize for Mark but, Zumoff's uh, voice. Ben Simmons just hit a three. The here's, crazy here's the live audio. <laughs> the craziest shit happens on this podcast. We trade for Jimmy Butler yeah, live. I which was around this time. Yeah. And that was a season changing thing. Alright, I'm gonna <laughs> shut up. I'm gonna shut up. drained it and this is like a corner three good spot to take them with a man in his face this was not a he didn't have a wide open look here this was contested which is weird i don't know why he would even contest bennett the three. Oh my god wow wow i'm speechless it's like ben listens to the podcast wow that's um live reaction right here to ben simmons hitting a three that's crazy. Just as just as I was uh, lambasting him too, and th- he heard, he heard. I mean, that's good. I, you Fantastic. know what? Fantastic. And and again, as far as the uh, the patience crowd goes, there it is. Like, let's just let's just all relax. Um, wow, that's amazing. That's unbelievable. Good for good for Ben. There it is. Everyone can shut up. You know what's crazy is there's that big Bleacher Report article. That came out that said, uh, you know, laid out like the contract details, and they're still waiting for uh, Ben Simmons' first NBA three. And, um, and there it is. There it is. That's unbelievable. 
I don't even know what to say anymore. Podcast over. Just kidding. Um, but hey, if he if he can continue to just find those comfortable shots, yeah. I mean, if Ben just hits no. seven threes a game, I don't know how we lose. <laughs> <laughs> even if he attempts three, new elements of this offense have potentially been unlocked. Yeah, I mean, we all, we all know what the uh, what the deal with with Ben is, right? If if he's able to do this consistently, um, I don't know. I like to get, he, let's let's see where it goes. So, does this officially mean everyone's got to throw out their uh, shoot a three coward shirts? No. Well, I don't know. <laughs> he shot a three when it mattered. It was not against the Long Lions. Well done, Ben. Well done. Wow. I like I'm I'm left a little speechless after that, and I also had a uh, I had I had to I had to screenshot some I had to I had to, I had to post a tweet, but that's amazing. That's I can't. We got that live. That was great. Jesus, man, Ben Simmons just hit a three. Wow. We waited for this moment for it, literally his entire career. <laughs> it's been four years coming, and here we are. And it happens while we're... Way to go, Ben, for doing this while we were recording. Yeah, what a guy. Yeah. Looking out for the brand. Yeah, what a guy. Uh, one thing we can talk about, though, is this Saturday. Shout out to our pals, the Mike Scott Hive, that we are thankfully a part I'm of. I'm worried this might break the internet. It, it like, quite frankly could. What was the band that tried doing this the other day? That was like... It was like some like boy band was like out to break the internet oh. is like one of those things like ben simmons is about to break he's definitely he's breaking already trending in new jersey yeah well no shit <laughs> <So> <laughs> already trending number one that's unbelievable wow uh but the mike scott hive tailgate is this saturday we will be there lots of shenanigans and as they said on their twitter which if you're not following them for all the updates you should it's at mike scott underscore hive lots of debauchery is being planned for this podcast or for this event. Uh, there's going to be a whole bunch of stuff going on. So the schedule is as follows: 2 p.m. the tailgate begins. Two to five, there will be raffles going on. Tons of stuff there. 3 p.m. there's a three-point contest with trophies that include the hashtag "Ain't No Bitch." Uh, 4 p.m. musical chairs. 5 p.m. the raffle winners will be announced. 7 p.m., the watch party begins at Xfinity Live. 9 to 10.30 p.m., the grand prize raffle begins. 10 p.m., the post-game party begins. 10.30, all winners get announced. Bring cash. Yeah, I saw, cash out. I saw um, Xfinity Live giving, uh, giving, giving the big the big Giving promo. the gals. Yeah, very nice. Good stuff there. We will be there. It's going to be a lot of fun. So uh, if you haven't already, make sure you RSVP. It is on the Mike Scott Hive Twitter page. I believe it's the pinned tweet. So uh, just at Mike Scott underscore Hive. And we'll see you guys on Saturday to uh, boo Jimmy Butler as Mike Scott asked us to do so kindly. Uh, also, guys, just remember uh, your point guard, if he's not shooting 100% from three, I don't want to talk. Well, technically he isn't. For this season, he is, but he is, he is throwing up some junk threes, so. Wow. As Herm clocks in on Twitter, tweets a headshot of Ben Simmons and says, going to tell my kids this is the greatest three-point shooter of all time. Can't blame him. 
And now Shake Milton getting early first quarter minutes. Wow, what a rush. Well, you know, from this insane high, I think we have to go to a, a very low, dark place. Yeah, let's head over. I think it's only right, street. you know, with it, it, you have to yin and yang it and uh, talk about the birds, you yeah. know. Uh, honestly, I was kind of impressed by the performance against the Patriots from the defensive side of things. The defense did their job. These wide receivers met. I want to jump off the Ben Franklin, the Walt Whitman, the Delaware Memorial, whatever bridge is in driving distance because I don't know what's worse. This year's wide receiver core as it stands with Jordan Matthews, Nelson Aguilar, and J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, or Carson Wentz's rookie year in 2016 when it was Jordan Matthews, Nelson Aguilar, and Doriel Green-Beckham. This year. Because at least then you could sell yourself on hope. There's no hope. These wide receivers are terrible. They, they suck. Everything about them sucks. They're bad at their jobs with just catching balls. <laughs> like, Aguilar, what an absolute disappointment he is. Um, sucks. Especially you consider how much he's being paid. Just egregious. Now, uh, I want to say a couple weeks ago, I was uh, throwing a little bit of a tip from somebody and kind of followed up on it, looked at it, kind of checks out. Nelson Aguilar, as we all know, was uh, dating a supermodel in 2017. Was probably at his all-time peak, just happiness-wise, because in 2016 or 2015, he was dumped by his high school sweetheart. And a lot of people blamed his lack of production his first couple years on just heartbreak. Sure, whatever, it's an excuse, but we'll take it. Recently, looking at Nelson Aguilar's Instagram, where he flaunted this relationship, there is uh, no sight of his 2017 lover, and a lot of people are starting to think that uh, Nelson's uh, head is all over the place because he got dumped. Okay, well, one, uh, you're a professional. You're being Agreed. paid $9 million a year. Uh, I get the whole movement about giving athletes and, and the whole mental health thing. I get it. But listen, if I have a crappy day, I don't get to take it with me to my job. You don't get to take it with you where you're paid $9 million. <laughs> and frankly, you've sucked. I'm sorry. Like, if he has personal things going on in his life, that's unfortunate. I wish it didn't happen to him. I wish him a great, happy life, personally. But, like, it's your job, man. I'm sorry. And it, like, what, that's affected him every single game? Nelson Aguilar has had, like, two quarters of good NFL football in his entire six, in his entire Eagles career. So, like, you, you're telling me every single one of those games he's been heartbroken and let it, like, come on. It's just reaching at straws. Like, he's just not good. And you can call it yips. You can call it whatever you want. He's just, he's just not good. He's just not, he's just not a good player. And um, he's cost us, I don't know, how many games this season already? Uh, At least four. Through his entire career. I mean, this is, this is, the, this is the third, really. You had the Falcons game um, and this. And what, didn't he have something against the Lions as well? He had, he had a pretty big drop against J. the Lions. J.J. Ortega-Whiteside but, did. But, uh, Nelson might have, yeah. I know he had a big drop. Well, might have. He did have a drop. It was just how, yeah, how just important the game was. Um, and then, obviously, the one against the, uh, the Cowboys happened in the end zone. The two against the Patriots. I'm not even too mad about the the fourth and goal or fourth down touchdown drop. I'm more mad about the touchdown that should have been because he didn't track the ball again when he caught it two yards out of bounds. 
that one pissed me off because you should be able to figure out where you are on the field and run towards the ball so that you land inbounds rather than, oh, let me just, you know, travel with the ball. you got to be able to track it. And Nelson Aguilar's biggest flaw is that he can't track the deep ball as a speed receiver. Which is like, you know, <laughs> the one skill you'd probably want to have. <laughs> it's absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest, we uh, certain people on this pod that I'm not going to mention said early in the season that Aguilar could make, uh, could make a comeback, and I said, no, he nope. won't. He will absolutely disappoint us, and I have never wanted to be wrong so badly. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I'll be honest, I think Nelson Aguilar has single-handedly sunk this season, you know, even if it is just two losses. And I think... You know, it's not often you can, like, put the blame on one player. And, you you know, and even against the Patriots, you know, you don't know what happens. If you even make overtime, you still have to make the extra point, by the way. This wasn't to win the game. It was to put you in a position to tie it. So maybe something crazy happens in overtime. So let's just even say one loss is the difference, right? Which it's not. But let's just even say he's, he's cost us one game. Definitively, you could say that Falcons game was sure. lost by Nelson Aguilar. That could be the difference between, you know, winning the division and not because mm-hmm. winning the division is the only way we're making the playoffs too by the way but For and sure. by the way the cowboys gained a game on us which is great although they do play the patriots this week. but you know what we don't get a reprieve because we have seattle at home so it's yep. like i don't know what uh and you know everybody wants to slander carson wentz because and i'll flat out say he did not have a good game he did not have a good game on sunday but the fact that people are are you know, quote unquote, shit posting on the twitter.com about trading Carson to Miami for draft picks <laughs> makes me want to just. I listen. Jump as, again as a big Dolphins guy. <laughs> yes, I'm in. Uh, but here is a uh, some stats from Ruben Frank from NBC Sports Philadelphia. Wentz played in his 50th career game on this past Sunday against the Patriots. Among all quarterbacks in history, in their first 50 games. Touchdown passes. Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz ranks ninth all time in passing yards. Also ranks ninth. He's ranked twelfth in accuracy, second in completions, and third in interception percentage, and has the fourth highest passer rating in history of the league through the, his first fifty games. Imagine if he had wide receivers that could actually catch the ball. Yeah, I mean he's. Uh... I also saw the staggering difference between the uh, the attempted throws and the amount of yards uh, to tight ends versus wide receivers, and it's like night and day. And that's because you know, as an Adam, that's <laughs> because Ertz and, and Goddard are actually you know like capable. I don't even think if you could mush all of the wide receivers that we currently have into one wide receiver, you even have an above average wide receiver. <laughs> you want to hear like, an even more saddening stat? Through 10 games, Deshaun Jackson has 18.73% of all Eagles wide receiver total receiving yards this season. Deshaun played one complete game. It's disgusting. Deshaun Jackson's receiving yards make up nearly 20% of the production your receivers have made. Now, I'm going to get on a high horse here. 
But you know what we should have done? We definitely should have traded our first-round pick in this year's draft for Jalen Ramsey, which just happens to be a very (laughs) deep and very good wide receiver draft. We definitely should have done that. That was definitely a smart decision to have done that definitely would have saved our season, and we would definitely be like 10-0 right now if we had done that. He would have erased losses. Jalen Ramsey hasn't been that good with the Rams. Weird. Almost like Howie Roseman knows what he's doing. Almost like everyone's been dead silent about that since he got traded because, you know, God forbid people even like check the box scores <laughs> like only thing i'm mad about is that we didn't go get a wide receiver sure but you know just because of, i mean we're also like not gonna pick one in the draft either by the way but right, I just, yeah you know. well we'll pick one and it'll be the danelle pumphrey of wide receivers yeah. uh, because this wide receiver class in the draft is being declared as historic and we all know what happens when howie roseman talks about historic drafts um but just the the wide receivers alone are what's killing this team and I don't know what they're going to be able to do against the Seahawks. Their corners are long. They're lanky. They're going to be able to to track the ball better than most corners have against this Eagles team. you got to use your tight ends. Who knows if Jordan Howard's going to play. I've already declared that he's not because he hasn't been cleared for, for contact. He's doing individual drills, but the fact that Jordan Howard's still not clear for contact just tells me that he's not playing on Sunday. Um and this is going to be the biggest test, in my opinion, for this Eagles secondary because this is going to be the best wide receiver core they face all season. You got Tyler Lockett coming in here, DK Metcalf, who is a specimen of a human being, and Josh Gordon. Who, by the way, the Eagles could add. So it's good. And Josh Gordon That's playing in the slot, who the Eagles also could have had. Yeah, and you're playing against uh, potential MVP, MVP. MVP Russell Wilson. So have fun. Five and six. It's terrible. <laughs> just just got to win four straight games. To even have a chance. And that's even... I don't even think if you win for... It's not even in the Eagles' hands anymore now. Because because the it, the, the Cowboys gaining a game. Because even if you get the tiebreaker, you have to... You, think, you need Dallas to lose this week. And then it's yeah. kind of back to where it was. But, you know, it's again, it's it's not even in your control now. And that's like, you know... That, to, that Week 16 game is going to determine the season. And, I mean... Realistically, I know, like... There's still some time, but what what is your one to ten? What's your confidence level for that game? Like truly, four. Yeah, and I think that's and that I think that's it's actually a little optimistic. That's honestly. primarily <laughs> just because of how the defense has played the yeah. last three games. Defense and you know, Patriots haven't been like stellar offensively this year to begin with. Um, the defense, but has I, been I, first great half for was them. first half was as good as you could have scripted. Yeah, and. I think overall, I would give good, the a, defense an A minus for that game. It's good to hold that New England team <clears throat> to to seventeen points is nothing to sneeze at. Jalen Mills continues to dominate. Who would have thought? He really only got beat on a trick play too. Like it yeah. wasn't like uh, you know they, they kind of had to go a little deep into the playbook to actually get get work on you, which is which is good. So yeah, I think that's that's a bright spot. It's just you know it's like trying to swim with your like with your hands tied behind your back it's like i mean you could but it's like good luck it's not logical <laughs> um and you know the fact that they got away from what's been working for them they got away from the running game and although this is a passing league sure right now the eagles go to is running the ball and dumping it to the tight ends and they got away from that and that's what cost them this game because they didn't go with what actually works Sure, New England's going to try to take that away. You have to try to make it work. And to only give Miles Sanders four carries in the second half, I believe it was, that's just not ideal. 
especially when Jordan Howard's not active for the game. It, it was weird to not see more Sanders. and um, Seeing Boston Scott in the backfield gave me nightmares. He's a kicker turner. He's just um, baby Darren Sproles. He should not be on the field as a running back. This this whole season has just been really wonky, and uh, I I don't see it really improving. I, I think uh, without being too negative, I I honestly think playoffs are a pretty deep long shot at this point. Um, you know, we'll see what happens against the Seahawks, right? But like, I what's your confidence level for that? Like, even if you are at home, that is such a tough matchup. Which oddly enough, the Eagles are two and a half point favorites. Makes, Makes no, no sense. sense. To me. I don't know if that's changed at all. That's what it started out. That had to have changed. Yeah, absolutely. Because um, I like that's just obscene. My, my confidence level for this game is literally sitting at like a two and a half. Yeah, the money line is where I'm at. <laughs> <laughs> because the only hope I have is that somehow, some way. This Eagles team can kind of get after the Seahawks offensive line, create pressure on Russell Wilson, and just make him uncomfortable to an extent. But other than that, there there's no scenario in my mind, and I'm going Doctor Strange levels in <laughs> Avengers Endgame, all possible outcomes. Uh, I don't see a way that this Eagles offense can go back and forth with the Seahawks offense in terms of scoring, and if it gets to a two-score game, I think game's over. It's weird, too, because people have called the Seahawks, like, offense, like, they don't really have a lot of great players. Like, even, like, Chris Carson's good. Like I, He's been fantastic for them. Like, I don't I don't get what it is that, like, people are kind of, like, poo-pooing the, C- the Seahawks team. Like, I think they're really freaking good. I think they might be one of the most complete teams in the league right now. I don't – and, I like, I don't know how you could ever uh, – I wouldn't ever want to bet against Russell Wilson personally. Like, I would not want to – put money in his hands, you know? Like, so it has unless, swayed a little bit. The Eagles are now one-and-a-half-point favorites. And I mean, what, like two-and-a-half is just like, that's like home field Pretty advantage much. like normally? So I guess kind of reasonable, but I think the Seahawks have looked so much better than the Eagles this entire season. Seahawks have looked fantastic. Seahawks should be favored by like one, in my opinion, right? But I mean, the Patriots were three-and-a-half-point favorites yeah. last week. And I think I think those are... Pretty equally matched teams. I think, I think the Seahawks you could, you offense could is maybe convince me the Seahawks might be a, yeah a better offense, which is what the Eagles, the Eagles can't score more than twenty four points right now, unless it's like a you know, completely like just fishing net defense. Like mm-hmm. it's just like you're just not gonna be able to do it. Yeah, it's tough. Um, we'll see what happens. We'll have more later this week on the birds, especially with the Eagles enemies. I recorded that with uh, Mike Dugar from the Athletic. A lot of fun with. Uh, with Mr. Dugar, you should be following him on Twitter. He does a lot of good stuff for the Athletic Seattle. Um, but also, we have to give big props to Jeffrey Lurie and the Eagles because uh, they did an awesome thing this this week, Matt, and it happened today, actually. Um, so on Legend Friday night... just showed up on my Twitter timeline. <laughs> That's creepy. Uh, Friday night, unfortunately, uh, I was out covering the, the violent football game for us. And uh, unfortunately, in Pleasantville... Gunshots were fired in one of the bleachers uh, in the game against Pleasantville and Camden. And a 10-year-old boy unfortunately passed away. Um, There is a link that we'll be retweeting to kind of help the family out and everything. But um, they postponed the game, and then the Eagles stepped up and became the neutral site. So the, the kids got to play the game at the link today. Bunch of Eagles players, including Carson Wentz, came out on the field. Got to, uh, you know, the kids got to meet all of them and everything. So, 
our hats are off to Jeffrey Lurie because in a, a tough situation and closing the, the game off to the public and kind of making it look like the kids did something wrong is never good. So shout out to Jeffrey Lurie and the Eagles and, you know, the link, the link, uh, employees and everything for, uh, you know, be doing the good Samaritan thing and giving these kids a platform that they all deserve. Yeah. Good, uh, good community building thing. Very nice to see. Um, so we wish the family and the, the people affected by that, nothing but the best. Unfortunately, uh, one of our friends, Ryan Rothstein from 97.3 ESPN was like right near it and had to, you know, experience that. So, um, obviously wishing Ryan the best in, uh, just, you know, moving past the events and everything. But, uh, again, shout out to the Eagles for a job well done there. Matt, the Flyers, the Flyers, they're up and down, but these young kids are coming up like no tomorrow. And, uh, Morgan Frost scored his first NHL goal yesterday. Yeah. Uh, I, my advice would, to him would be, don't, uh, don't <laughs> like, Get used to scoring in blowouts. <laughs> Get used to scoring inconsequential goals, because <laughs> uh, that's the way we do it. <laughs> if you practice, yeah, I think your your penalty shots too, because uh, probably gonna need that. Um, I don't know. To be honest, I haven't really dabbled on the flies very much because I tried staying positive for October. They hurt me deep, and I find it very hard to care about the flyers on a personal level. Just, I don't know. October was fun. Yeah, it was good. I think they got just <laughs> beaten with a, <laughs> with a studded belt and batteries by the Penguins, which is always great. Oh, but man. I don't know. It, like, what can you say about the Flyers, man? They're just like they're hopeless. I think your brother put it best. We could be laughing more about how Dave Axtell has ruined the Toronto Maple Leafs, who just fired their head coach today, and ruined their power play. But the Flyers stink, and uh, it it was fun while it lasted. How long did it last? <laughs> Probably about three weeks. I don't know. It's, they're just, it's just not fun. I don't know. It's just not like they are the in the worst spot you can be in in any sport, which is just like not really quite a playoff team, but you're not really tanking. You're not really a lottery team. Like you're just kind of they're in limbo. You maybe get the seventh, eighth seed, like if you, like you get a good sniff, and even then, that's a long shot. Like they're they're like the ninth, tenth seed right now. Like. It, just sucks <laughs> like it's just not it's so hard to care about the flyers right now it just really is and um especially when you have like the sixers like <laughs> just breaking the internet and um i don't know I, I i'm finding it very very hard to to really give give much of my time and effort and my soul to the flyers anymore i did it all a lot as a kid and as an adult i'm like you know what you hurt me too much <laughs> and <laughs> honestly you're not fun <laughs> uh Got a little fun exercise. This MLB uh, offseason this year. The 2020 Baseball Hall of Fame ballot has come out. Um, a lot of fun names on here. A lot of former Phillies are uh, first-time ballot people. And, of course, we're going to do this because uh, the offseason is moving slowly and the only team signing players are the Atlanta Braves. So hopefully Matt Klintak wakes up and uh, starts signing some players because the Braves have signed two high-end quality relievers for their bullpen. They're not getting any worse, guys. Go get some players. But uh, your 2020 Baseball Hall of Fame ballot has these uh, these notable players for first-time uh, members of the ballot. One, former Philly, Bobby Abreu. Childhood era. Josh Beckett, 
World Series hero for the Marlins and Red Sox. Heath Bell, uh, a longtime closer. Loved him in Dark Knight. <laughs> uh, Eric Chavez, Adam Dunn, Sean Figgins, Rafael Fercal, Jason Giambi, former Philly Raul Abanez, uh Paul Canerco, former Philly legend Cliff Lee, Carlos Pena, Brad Penny, J.J. Putz, Brian Roberts, Alfonso Soriano, and Jose Valverde, and of course some of the notable returners being Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, Todd Helton, uh, also first time on the ballot, Derek Jeter, uh, Manny Ramirez, another returner, Andy Pettit, uh, Billy Wagner, Larry Walker, Gary Sheffield, Scott Rowland, and a whole bunch of other guys. My question to you, Matt, are any of these former Phillies in your book Hall of Famers? Those being Big Bobby Abreu, Raul Banyas, Cliff Lee. Cliff Lee could. I love Bobby Abreu, but not. I think Bobby's like one of those like it's borderline. fringe borderline He's guys. like first ballot, not quite Hall, Hall of Fame. Great. Yeah, like he's a great player. I don't know that he's a Hall of Fame level player. That's tough. They're they're like they're, I think they're all kind of fringe guys. I I don't think first ballot any of them are making it in. Raul is a little weird too because he had a kind of she had a strange career mm-hmm. and did a lot before he got to the Phillies. Had dynamic years with the Phillies. Went to the Yankees for a little bit and then uh, just kind of cycled around to end his career. But here's some uh, some fun highlights from uh, MLB stats on Twitter for Cliff Lee. He's a 2008 American League Cy Young winner. He led Major League Baseball in strikeout to walk ratio three times, being in 2010, 2012, and 2013. 2.52 ERA in 11 postseason starts. And yet we haven't heard from this man in years. He does hate the Phillies. <laughs> <laughs> I I think Cliff could get it. I, I think if you like out of those three, I'd say he's probably the most likely. Um, but yeah, that's it's a it's a kind of a weird uh, weird selection of uh, of players there. To be honest, now I'm gonna read Bobby you. Abreu. I love on a personal level. Me though. too. He's great. I love Bobby, and I'm glad he's like around the organization yeah. again and uh, doing his thing kind of as an advisor during spring training. I'm going to read you some fun stats here, Matt, and I'm going to ask you uh, who player number two is in this scenario um, because it's very interesting. So, full seasons played for Derek Jeter, who's a first ballot, first-time ballot Hall of Famer right now. A lot of people are saying he could get on first ballot. Derek Jeter played 18 full seasons, and had one season of seven-plus wins above replacement. Player B played 14 seasons and had five seven-plus war seasons. Who is player B? Is he on the Hall of Fame ballot, or is he just... Uh, he is not yet. Not. So recent, not eligible. Recently retired. Yes. Oh, boy. Who's recently retired? Oh, this is, this is not going to be fun. <laughs> who's, who's recently retired? Ryan Howard? Close. Chase Utley? Yes. Yeah. Chase Utley played 14 full seasons and had five seven-plus wins above replacement seasons to Derek Jeter's one, who played four more full seasons than Chase Utley. 
you know, Jeter's gonna get all the credit though for like all the all the rings. And he's the captain. You gotta respect him. Yeah, Dewey. <laughs> what a he's such a curmudgeon. I hate Ugh. Derek Jeter. Oh my god, he's ML- such a loser. He's so bad, and he's ruined. He ruined the Marlins too. Well, I mean. Good for us, but, <laughs> but like it doesn't destroyed I mean, them. Like he really didn't have to do much. <laughs> Traded every viable player away. Uh, MLB middle infielders since 1977 to have at least five consecutive seasons with seven plus wins above replacement. Chase Utley obviously on that list from 2005 to 2009, and then Alex Rodriguez uh, the other 2000 to 2005. That is your entire list. Chase is great, man. A little, uh, he does he 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 does get lost a little bit in uh, in the conversation of like some of the greats of like that time period. I don't, I'm not really even sure why. I guess because like how my answer went, people kind of remember Ryan Howard because he's like the big like it's the big piece, you know. Like of course, just celebrated the big forty. Yeah. So happy belated to the big piece. It's gonna be interesting what happens with Chase, though. I think. You know, if you think about it, it probably should, probably should be in the conversation for all of fame for being on. Like, I agree. You know, and if you're talking Derek Jeter, he's probably again going to make first ballot. Like, why not, Chase? I mean, he has a ring too. It's not like you know he's mm-hmm. never he's never done the big show. So it's some, interesting. Some fun Ryan Howard stat right here from 2005 to 2011, which included 4,367 plate appearances. Ryan Howard had 284 home runs. Philly's first baseman combined from 2012 to 2019, which is 6,816 plate appearances, 283 home runs. I thought you said it was going to be fun. <laughs> For Ryan Howard. God. How many of those are Reese's? Like 50? Around there. <laughs> like, Reese just makes up a casual, like... What is that, like a sixth of those numbers? Like, <laughs> God. Cliff Lee stats right here for comparison with another guy that's on this ballot. Um, Andy Pettit played 18 years in Major League Baseball, had a 60.2 wins above replacement. Cliff Lee played 13 years, had a 43.5 wins above replacement. The difference between them is five seasons of 3.4 war. Pettit's probably going to get in just because he had the longer career. But Cliff Lee should get votes. Also, Cliff Lee didn't use PEDs. Important to so note. that could sway some of these old I mean, head writers. I, I honestly doubt their Jeter's clean, too. Just saying. Bunch of Yankees were, were juicing. I find it very hard to believe that Mr. Captain didn't <laughs> know what was going on. And then uh, full seasons played. Andy Pettit had 16 to Cliff Lee's 10. Six-plus wins above replacement seasons. Andy Pettit had one. Cliff Lee had four. For what it's worth, I think that uh, Cliff Lee is being severely underrated in terms of Hall of Fame votes, just like Chase Utley. And uh, those two should be in the Hall of Fame because Cliff Lee, as soon as. And a lot of people don't remember how good Cliff Lee actually was with the Indians. He was, like we said, he was the American League Cy Young Award winner right before he got traded to the Phillies, and when he got traded here, people were like, who's Cliff Lee? Like, what the heck? And then he had a dominant end of his career, you know, from the time he got here in 2009, pitched in a World Series, pitched in the postseason a bunch, and uh, I think Cliff Lee deserves to be a Hall of Famer. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, you know where you guys can uh, let us know who you think should be in the Hall of Fame? On our Apple Podcast Reviews. 
You can leave those five-star ratings and reviews. Just search Underground Sports Philadelphia. If you're not subscribed already, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts and uh, let us know what you think of this Eagles wide receiver core. Let us know what you think of uh, Ben Simmons hitting the three. Crazy stuff right there. Greatest night of my life. Absolutely unreal. And uh, if you don't have an iPhone, you can follow us on Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, the TuneIn app. You can follow and stream us on iHeartRadio. You can also subscribe to us on the Radio.com app and stream us there. You can follow us on Twitter at UndergroundPHI. And uh, we'll be back. We'll let you guys know when our show is going to be just because of the Hive tailgate. We have uh, some pre-tailgate things to deliver for everything. So uh, that's why you should be following us on Twitter. And follow us on Instagram as well. The Instagram's getting a big, big overhaul uh, very soon. So uh, make sure you're following us there for the great content that is coming. But as always, show brought to you by Main Auto LLC. Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21, Wainwright Bernhardt Funeral Home, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Mark Ronchetti, CPA, LLC, Bob Novak Automall, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. Ben Simmons hit a three, guys, right here live on Underground Sports Philadelphia, episode number 186. Iconic episode. Our wall of fame that we did last year, Ben Simmons, first three, just, uh, Got pushed onto the ballot. So for everybody here at Underground Sports Philadelphia, for Matt, I'm Kyle. We are signing off. Peace.